0: Welcome back to One Winning Pod. It is opening week, guys and girls. We are here. It is the first week of the season, and we are going to preview the game against the Jets in New York, which is super duper exciting. I can't believe we're like back on the grind. It's not the all season episodes. Like, we are going to be on the preview and recap train, but you know what? This season is going to be a big season for us. One Winning Pod, we had a new name going into this new season, and we also are going to start having more content on YouTube, and we've been teasing about it. And I'm excited to say that we're going to start with the bet stuff that we've been talking about. But Peter has a little bit of uh, something special he wants to share too.
1: Yeah, so a um, little video series I'll be putting together. Um, we'll come out on Friday mornings uh, looking at video content somewhere between 5 to 10 minutes. For those of you who follow the off-season podcast, you know that um, I really enjoy doing stuff that looks back at raven 's history and how you know certain things fit into that grand scheme and there 's not really time for that during the season and every now and again some things pop up, and at least for me and people who look at the game like I do as well hopefully it 's not just me who 's interested in these topics, but <laughs> you know um, usually i 'll come up something' will, will happen during the season and it 'll you know, i 'll be like okay what was, what happened the last time the Ravens were in this situation or this Friday, what we're going to talk about is it's a potential matchup between the Ravens and their ex-starting quarterback, Joe Flacco. What about the other times in Ravens history when the Ravens went up against quarterback who was in previously in the organization? There's actually several instances of that, and that's what the first video is going to be about, a topic that's probably too long to fit into the flow of what we do in season. So, you know, uh, it'll fit perfectly for the short content, and uh, yeah, I'm... I'm It's been fun uh, preparing this first one, which I'll be recording soon, so uh, I think it'll be a nice, fun thing to kind of diversify the content that we deliver uh, in season.
0: Yeah, I'm certainly excited. I think uh, the Peter History corner that we get... Uh, from time to time is one of the most unique parts of one winning pod. And uh, I think it's going to be really cool to have these little vignettes and also like isolated. It wasn't just like, Oh, this random show that happened to have this random thing. The thought of the thing is when we talked about it, it's like going to be in a nice little nugget. And I think like you're doing with this week one of we're playing potentially against Joe Flacco kind of having it be about that stuff uh, is is cool. So it's still kind of fitting with the general narrative of the Ravens. But um, yeah, I'm looking forward to this as I think, is going to be really cool. So you guys can find that at, uh, our YouTube channel. winning pot is the same way to find it. So that's super exciting. And also one more thing before we get into the jets preview, but September is childhood cancer awareness month and St. Jude is raising money for this. And, um, A podcast network I really like called Relay FM has been doing this for years. And this year, they have an ability to create like a sub-campaign to gain money. And I think it'd be really great if the uh, One Winning Pod community were to donate to this great cause. Um, I know this is a time of year where we'll be doing fantasy leagues and have buy-in or other things. Any donation size really helps. Um, So I'll be sharing that link. And I think it'd be really cool uh, if folks choose to donate. Um, cancer obviously stinks and Saint Jude's been doing a lot of work to uh improving the life outcomes and also uh any kids treated by Saint Jude is totally free to the parents. We know how difficult healthcare can be in the United
2: States. So um if you're interested in donating the link will be in the show notes. And with that I think we'll get right to it. So Yeah, this, like we said at the top, I mean, this is a really interesting matchup uh, against the New York Jets. I know they're a team that, um, you know, has been a little bit more of a a down team the last couple of years, but they've made a few moves this offseason, and they're really a wild card, in my opinion. I'm not really sure what, you know, Jets team we're going to see this Sunday. You know, particularly, you know, when we get into, you know, all the specific matchups of the position groups, I think there are some real opportunities for the Jets to do some damage against the Ravens. And I think vice versa as well. Um, You know, this isn't a Ravens team, obviously, that we're used to where, you know, everybody's healthy, everybody's firing on all cylinders. There's some significant flaws with this team that could be exploited, (laughs) uh, you know, for better or worse. And uh, yeah, I'm excited to kind of get into it.
1: It's a really interesting matchup, exactly for the reason that you said, Chris. You know, the Ravens—we've got some key players coming off injury, uh, some other key players that we're not sure if they're going to suit up or not. Mostly talking about Stanley and and Dobbins there, and the Jets are—you know—they've got a couple injuries as well. You know, we'll start off right with the—the one that's made the most headlines is obviously the quarterback position. Zach Wilson suffered, I believe, it was a knee sprain uh, in preseason. Uh, I know when it happened there was questions of is he going to miss the whole season but it looks like that it's something that he will be able to come back from relatively soon possibly even start Sunday although if you look at Jets media Jets uh, fan boards throughout online the overwhelming opinion seems to be that everyone wants Wilson to to take another week to just make sure the injury is 100% set to go and not jeopardize the long game. Uh, as even though Wilson had an underwhelming rookie season, you know he, he still came in with uh, a, a lot of traits that the Jets organization, obviously, like the fan base is excited for. So you know it, we might see Flacco, we might see Wilson, um, we might see Mike White. Who knows? You know, I, <laughs> I think that the the general consensus has been that the media expects Joe Flacco to be the starter, but. You know, I, I, we're not going to know until until the Jets make an official announcement, in my opinion.
0: <laughs> Which will probably be 90 minutes before the game when they have to.
1: Probably, yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> right? Like, let's be honest. I, I don't foresee getting that clarity. This is an advantage for them. I mean, Harbaugh mentioned that they are preparing for two quarterbacks, right? And, uh, you know, that, that definitely makes for an interesting case. But obviously, Joe Flacco is one of the most well-known quarterbacks in this area. And a lot of players kind of have played against him, not, uh, I don't know, I didn't count the roster of, like, who here played with Joe Flacco, but it it has to be a decent amount, maybe, like, half the roster, so there's some uh, knowledge there of how he is in practice and some of his tendencies, but, you know, honestly, if you look at their offense, right, and even if you just look at their team in general, like what Chris said at the top, they're a sleepy team to, like, maybe be much better this year than you expect, and the reason why is they had a tremendous amount of draft capital at the top, of the draft so they went ahead and they picked at the fourth overall pick Soft gardner that's obviously a defensive pick but he was one of the best cornerbacks in the draft we talked about him in our draft preview then they went ahead and drafted garrett wilson an electrifying wide receiver who they're pairing up with the second year wide receiver elijah moore and uh they even have other you know wide receiver situations up there that ravens fans are all very aware of but the uh <laughs> you know they have wide receivers there they went and got breeze hall in the second right? Uh, maybe the number one running uh, back in this year's class, pass catcher. And another piece that they added to their defense was Jermaine Johnson. So you add all of that, we talked about Jermaine Johnson and nauseum, right? <laughs> you add all of that together, right? They drafted what we might think is an extremely good young nucleus to add into addition what they got last year, which was a couple contributors as well. And you're seeing how this rebuild's happening and how the coaching change and general management, like everything that's going on over there, there might be actually leading to something successful. Obviously, you kind of need a hit on your quarterback, but I think they have a lot of pieces that are to be looked at uh, and, and considered. And I, and I didn't even mention, I, they also got um, Jeremy Ruckert, who is kind of buried right now in their tight end depths, but he was a um, prospect that a lot of people really liked. I remember um, Jason thought he was a good all-rounder, Uh, tight end and uh yeah i mean they just had a a big draft that um filled a lot of needs
2: yeah for sure um uh, you know one of the position groups that or positional matchups rather that i kind of highlighted here uh i kind of want to talk about a little bit you hit on it alec in terms of the wide receiver room um i think that's going to be a big matchup this week Uh, like you said garrett wilson uh, drafted pretty high overall um you know you talked about Elijah Moore as well had a great uh, rookie season last year it was a really good pick for the Jets but they have some other guys too I mean Corey Davis can do a little bit of damage I know you know he's not a a, a fan favorite here at least from like a fantasy perspective Uh, Peter has thoughts but uh you know he's he's productive enough you know he can stretch the defense and and he can uh, make some plays in the passing game you have some, some big-body wide receivers outside. You have a guy like Elijah Moore can kind of be uh, underneath a little bit more. Um, but these are weapons for sure. And I think the the big test for the Ravens is going to be, you know, what does the secondary look like? Um, is Peters able to come back week one? Is he going to be able to play? Uh, Marlowe, we're assuming he's probably good to go. Uh, but, you know, there are a lot of new faces for the Ravens secondary. And although we're excited to see the safety play from a lot of our new players, Marcus Williams, Kyle Hamilton, and a couple of the rookies, Uh, It's, you know, it's definitely a question mark. We've only seen a little bit of them um, and only a a few of them we've only seen in the preseason. So uh, we're not sure how they're going to, you know, fare game one. So I I definitely think that's a risk. And the other thing to keep in mind, too, you know, we talk about Joe Flacco and, you know, we're all excited for the matchup and we're excited to see Joe again. Um, you know, I, I would think that most Ravens fans probably think that, you know, our team is just better at this point and we've, you know, kind of seen the best of Joe in the rearview mirror, but I mean, you know, heck dude, he can still sling that football anywhere over the football field. So, I mean, if you've got guys who can run all over the field, get over the top of the defense and you've got Joe who can still throw a beautiful deep ball when he can, uh, when the O-line holds up. There are only a few plays that can happen and it can totally break apart this defense. I mean, if you want an example, go to the 2020 uh, playoff game against the Titans where our secondary just looked atrocious. They were getting beat on deep plays. You know, that's kind of the margin for error here between this matchup. If if Joe makes a few of those uh, plays deep, gets a few touchdowns, that could be significant for this game.
1: There's so much to look at with this matchup that does give you pause as a Ravens fan. It's easy to look at this game and say like okay, they're going against the Jets. This team finished 4 and 13 last year. They had by almost all metrics one of the worst defenses in the league. And we'll get to the defense cuz they did they have made some improvements on that side of the ball in the offseason beyond just the the high draft capital uh that they had. But this offense is filled with playmakers. It's a great test for Mike McDonald, his first game with the defense. Uh, it's a great test for uh, the guys coming back from injury to see how they stand up. I think we could see Marcus Williams have to play some uh, defense and make some plays in the back end because they, they got guys who can burn you. Garrett Wilson, huge speed. Uh, Elijah Moore is not slow either. So, And, you know, we're seeing it right now with the Orioles, right? These teams that have a plan, and the Jets... They seem to have a plan. They've made a ton of moves uh, to bring in the guys uh, supposedly that that Robert Sala wants to be his guys on this franchise. That can sneak up on teams who, who aren't paying attention. You know, I I remember this time last year, not quite this time last year, but Labor Day weekend last year, I was in a, uh, I wasn't in, <laughs> I was at a wedding in um in L.A. <laughs> and. Uh, you know, I was out on, out on the beach just wearing my Orioles cap, and I I, got, I was getting some some grief from people. They were just like, oh, man, dedicated fan. They're so sorry, man. Just like, And I'm just thinking to myself the whole time, I'm like, you know, guys, they, they they got a plan. I don't know if it's this coming season, but, you know, two, three years from now it's going to be looking pretty good. And we're just already seeing the fruits of that this season, aren't we, with the Orioles, even though at the time of recording we've had a little bit of, of a lumpy weekend with them. But maybe this is the year the Jets start – Showing some signs, maybe they're a couple seasons away. Uh, I think that this is, I don't think this would be a trap game necessarily for the Ravens because, you know, this team hasn't won since before last Thanksgiving. I think they're hungry for a win. That being said, the Jets might make them work harder for it than we would have thought last year.
0: They're going to make us work harder for it than I thought even a couple days ago before I started really preparing for this because I started looking at all the things that they've done. And I'm starting to, like, buy into the fact that they're going to be a competent team this year. And, you know, obviously, it really comes down to Zach Wilson's play for the long-term view of them, like we said earlier. But with Joe Flacco, if, if Joe Flacco is a starter, I'm a little bit more nervous than I would be, just given, like, this like, single-game matchup. I think it's going to be a bit tougher of a game than, than maybe fans are expecting. And it's also because they're, they're seeming to do it right, right? Obviously, they had that really gruesome injury in the... Uh, preseason losing uh makai becton their tackle uh they drafted highly in in 2020 but next to him at right guard is uh they highly drafted last year um vera tucker and he was a, a, a guard prospect we all thought would be quite good and um yeah like you kind of see how they're building the, the the wall so to speak around uh the, whoever their quarterback is you obviously have Brees hall added to uh, michael Carter, who they got last year um you know, no one knows Denzel Mims, the second round pick that they stole from the Ravens, quote unquote, uh, at least a lot of Ravens fans felt that way. But the other second round pick of Elijah Moore, like we said, like he seems like he might be the real deal. And it we will see what Wilson adds. Like there's just a lot of pieces here on the offensive side of the ball to say, OK, this is coming together. This because you could see next year being like, dang, they have a really good offense if a couple of things fall the right way. And yeah, I think you look at it right from a Ravens perspective, OK, our new defense, pass rush, outside linebackers, which Chris, same, shameless plug, just talked about with Ken, the outside linebacker group, going against this offensive line. Are they going to be able to get the pressure, right, with the defensive line help? Like, Are we going to be able to disrupt their offensive game plan? And I think that's something really worth seeing in this first game.
2: I mean, yeah, uh, to directly answer that question, I, I think for that matchup, you got to get interior pressure. Um, I, I'd say, fortunately, Joe is not as mobile as he used to be. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I'm not so worried about OA crashing off the edge. I'm more, you know, worried, like, can uh, Calais and Pierce and all those guys kind of crash the pocket up the middle? Because, I mean, you know, historically, I, I think any quarterback is not really going to perform very well when they have pressure, consistent pressure on your face. We know that Flacco's one of his worst tendencies, I think, has been to throw off his back foot. And that can happen a lot if he's backpedaling because of pressure up the middle. So, you know, for me, like, if the Ravens are going to have success, it's got to start with pass rush up front um yeah, having one rush linebacker and one uh sam linebacker on your roster right now it, it, regardless of how well houston and oa perform that's just a lot to ask from those two guys <laughs> to play 100 percent of snaps but um but yeah i, I mean i think that's going to be a key is is to to see how much pressure they're able to get at least on the inside and and what's mike donald going to bring is he gonna um you know have some simulated pressures is he going to try to bring an extra linebacker an extra safety where are they going to come from things like that. There are a lot of other pieces to kind of compensate for it, but um, it's going to require new stuff that we just haven't seen before.
1: I think another thing, not really, you know, super strategy based, but, um, you know, something we saw more than we would have liked in Flacco's later years in Baltimore was uh, balls batted at the line of scrimmage. And we know that's something that Calais Campbell, all six foot eight of him is pretty good at doing. Uh, those plays are more luck and timing, certainly, you know, the defensive line reading the quarterback what he's going to do, but th- that's something that if Flacco is a starter, we could maybe see a, a tip ball or two from Campbell, which could uh, translate into a turnover. We talked about how last year the Jets, 4-13, and uh, didn't win any games by more than seven points of those four wins. One of the big things that they had an issue with was, was turnovers, 20 interceptions from their quarterbacks. That was... I think tied for second worst in the league. And we know that that's something that the Ravens want to try and do for the past few seasons. It's it's felt like that turnovers has been a big focus of this defense as it should be for any team, but turnovers have been hard to come by in certain seasons. This is a great game to, to get started on the right foot for them. You know, if they're able to, to draw up the right, the right coverages, right scheme this is a game where, like Chris is saying, if you get pressure on Flacco, if you get pressure on Wilson, heck, they will have a tendency to maybe rush a throw. Uh, Flacco, you know, maybe he'll he'll dump the ball into the flat without really looking where the defender is. We know that's somewhere he could get a interception off of him. Heck, that happened in the preseason game that Flacco did play uh, this year. So that's one way to stop any potential upset that the jets could bring with this new talent is to get a a good step in the turnover battle and this is a team that again not to to wait too heavily on last year but it seems like there will be opportunities there if the ravens are able to take advantage of them
2: i think on the flip side another matchup that i'm really interested in um kind of shifting from the uh ravens defensive line but over the jets defensive line um if I'm the Ravens, I think Jets' defensive line is really interesting, and I'm I'm really curious, just kind of what some of the new acquisitions uh, are going to do to really transform this group. Um, last year, 2021, um, I think their defensive line was pretty good from a pass rush perspective. I think they have a lot of guys that could get after the quarterback. Um, they run like this sort of four defensive line, you know, sort of like base defense out of. So I mean, you can call it four three. You can call it like a two knuckle, whatever you want to call it. But they have four guys that they like to put on the defensive line. And, you know, they're generally like a little bit undersized. They're not kind of the Michael Pierce's or, you know, Brandon Williams that the Ravens like to play that because of their three, four scheme. But they have a bunch of smaller guys, but they are really fast, they're really strong, uh, and they perform really well in the pass rush department. I think that's anchored by Quinnen Williams, who's a fourth-year player. Jets fans are really excited about him and and what he can bring. He had six sacks last year, which is pretty good as an interior lineman. And then you have some other guys as well. Franklin Myers uh, was another guy. I think he plays defensive end in maybe their scheme. He had another six sacks last year as a Jet as well. But yeah, I think... If I were the Ravens, I think the worst thing that you can get right now is is to have, like, pure passing situations where they can kind of unleash those guys and then just play on the back end. Obviously, Alec, you mentioned earlier, like, they brought in guys like Sauce Gardner, and they have uh, more guys on the back end that can cover. And, you know, while Lamar's Lamar, I think he's going to feast no matter what. I think, you know, putting him in worse positions where you can have those guys cover and they can bring pass rush and get home with four. Um, You know, Lamar can make things happen but not all the time, right? Sometimes, you know, you just get stuck in the pocket or, you know, whatever happens. I think that's the worst case scenario for the Ravens is that if they have to play to that. One thing that they were weaker on last year, uh, not so good defending the run. I think they were in the bottom 10, bottom 15, at least bottom half of the league in terms of run defense. Now, I think some things that they did to bring in, uh, they brought in two free agents. um, I believe somebody from the Rams and then they brought in Solomon Thomas who used to play for the 49ers. I think he was with the Raiders last year as well. We'll see what that happens. I'm a little curious just because a lot... The, the guys that they brought in, too, are a little bit undersized playing on the interior. So I don't know if they're... You know, if you're talking about the Ravens rush defense... Or I'm sorry, if you're talking about the Ravens rush offense and, you know, they've relied on these bigger guys to kind of play their man-rushing scheme, I feel like the Jets kind of lose that matchup. The guys that they have playing there, are just they're just too undersized and you know, while, you know, I'm sure that they can make plays, they can move some guys around. I feel like the longer, if the Ravens kind of can get the run game going and can kind of wear them down in the second half, I think that would kind of lean in their favor.
0: So you're looking at two third overall picks with uh, Solomon Thomas and Quinn Williams on that defensive line, right? So yeah, you can kind of see why they have talent. And I am um, a bit concerned, but I, I guess a little bit, excited by what you're saying there Chris as far as them being a little undersized so we know the Ravens have basically a mammoth um offensive line except for Linderbaum and um but you know he has his elephants as like Ken liked to call him I thought that was pretty funny the elephants next to him uh and we'll see you know who our our left guard is out of powers in Cleveland but I think both of them are going to be capable of uh getting the necessary push in the run game. I'm actually really excited to see this offensive line and how they're able to generate a run game because we really didn't see it in the preseason, but they also weren't playing any of the starters, uh, except for maybe, you know, Linderbaum and maybe the left guard, right? So getting the whole picture together will be really useful. And, um, I guess like maybe brings up the Stanley conversation. Uh, I don't know, like what we're going to see this week but uh i'm not too worried about it as far as this week goes because i think with the game plan for the ravens i think it will be to get the run game going in some capacity and kind of like you know, feeding off that with the pass game i don't think we need to or almost want to generate particularly super long plays against this team i think uh it might be advantageous to get the ball out a little bit faster and um get our playmakers kind of like set them up for success uh against this coverage, and and yeah, I think that's kind of what I'm thinking with this uh, game plan.
1: Yeah, I, I think both teams are interested to see, or both fan bases, I should say, are interested to see how their respective offenses are able to establish the run in this game. Obviously, you, you touched, Alec, on the ineffectiveness, relative ineffectiveness of the offensive line in the preseason for the Ravens to generate a run game. Well, the, the Jets fans are having had the same uh, takeaway from their offensive line for their preseason. Uh, now there's a little bit different. Again, you know, we talked about they have the injury to uh, their right tackle who unfortunately lost last year as well. So that's, that's really tough for them for a guy who's only in his third year, 11th, former 11th overall pick. But, you know, they're not feeling super great about the tackles from what I could tell from the fan base, uh, varying opinions on that, which usually means that is a position group that uh, defense might be able to take advantage of. But I mean, going back to the Ravens, I'm really interested to see what happens with the left side of this line. And I wonder if the jets will try and uh, give that a a little more of, of a focus in their scheme you know Zeitler's obviously the guy we're going to feel best about going into this game. He's the vet. He's healthy. He's good to go. Linderbaum will be his first game. He got Moses there too, so the Jets do know him because he was there last year. But you know, I, you got to feel a little worried on the left side. Well, I shouldn't say worried, but you couldn't. You're not feeling as confident as you like with Powers. Obviously, we've talked ad nauseum about they had him all over the line in the preseason and left tackle. I don't think we know if Ronnie Stanley's going to be there week one. Now, Jawan James was serviceable in the preseason, um, but how confident do we feel there? So it's interesting. I'm not sure yet how (laughs) I feel yet about this defense um, going up against the Ravens offense, but I will say I did notice in watching some film last year of, at least when we're talking about a pass protection standpoint, what the Ravens will have to do, it seemed like the Jets... They relied a lot more on athleticism uh, than technique to get sacks. And you did notice a lot of interior sacks, a lot of being able to blitz up the middle. CJ Mosley was doing some of that. And their defensive tackles were getting some push there as well. So that would put more emphasis on the guards and center, I would think, in those situations to, to get the protection done there. But, yeah, it, it's a really tough matchup to project what's going to happen again like we're saying because of the new players and just we're not 100 percent certain what we're going to get from the left side of this offensive line uh come kickoff
0: you know one thing i wanted to add to my like original point about the offense here and is the game plan. I feel like it can't be too complicated because this is essentially their first game. Like it's their preseason game. It's their up. They haven't been able to get that opportunity. So I think we will expect a simpler deployment of the offense this week. And also, cause like, we're still like waiting for everything to come online. You know, JK is booting up. Who knows what his status will be for week one until 90 minutes before. Right? <laughs> like I'm, I'm confident we will not know. Uh, and, uh, it, and, and even if he is active, like how much he's going to play, what's his pitch count, et cetera. And then you got, you know, Stanley and Lamar hasn't been out there. Uh, Bateman has seen no action. Uh, heck half our wide receivers that are actually on the active roster saw no action because they were hurt during the preseason. So like you're just coming into this as like a very fresh group that hasn't really had an opportunity to play against anyone else. So I think we'll see a relatively simple bland offensive plan. And I wouldn't be worried if the offense comes out a little cold this game, I think that's okay. And I think it could almost be by design. Um, So I think we're hoping that they do enough to win. They win competently. And that's about it. Like I, I I don't, you know, remember like the the dolphins game where we just beat up on them and we were like throwing these bombs and like, I don't expect that. it'd It'd be cool if it happened, but I don't expect us to like just be whooping up on this team and like driving up the score and having the, typical john harbaugh week one demolition tour i think it might be a little bit more reserved but i do hope it's a competent win and just like you know a calming win on like okay like things look stable <laughs> and we can build off it for week two
2: right i mean yeah i mean that kind of goes back to i think what peter was saying about some of the guys kind of on the, the jets defensive line relying more on athleticism and less on just like you know, kind of like bullying you or beating you up or anything, right? As as long as the Ravens' offensive line can do their jobs and not, you know, play good technique and try not to let guys get a clean shot at Lamar, right? Mm-hmm. You know, like even Lamar might take some sacks; it just might happen. He's not, again, he he's. Although he is Sudini, there are just some plays <laughs> that it just happens. Right, he just goes into them. And he takes like there's some good sacks to take. It's it's possible, right? But as long as you're not taking like clean shots to him and you know really making us worried just you know do your job try to keep them clean and then just get out of there with the win would be yeah would be number one the other thing i did want to mention before we kind of move on to another position group peter you mentioned about just uh, at least last year the jets getting more of a push on the inside um i will say this year two guys we haven't mentioned where i guess one guy we did the other guy we didn't carl lawson who actually played for the Bengals for a number of years. He was signed by the Jets last year. I believe he had a torn Achilles or ACL early in the year. So he actually did not play for them uh, pretty much at all last year. Um, so he is back um, and he should be playing week one. Uh, so we'll see what he provides. He'd be playing on one of the uh, defensive ends, So he'd be playing, you know, across the tackles. Um, you know, so I'm sure, you know, if if Stanley plays or whomever plays, you know, they're probably familiar with him with his time with the Bengals so he's there and then uh alec you mentioned him before jermaine johnson rookie that they drafted with their third first round pick this year you know he's going to be one of those guys who's also lining up in those defensive end uh, roles on the outside so from the scouting report that we did you know he's another guy who kind of relies um you know heavily on athleticism he's just a, a really big really strong guy um kind of a physical freak uh so you know we'll see what he provides um you know, I, I want to say that I'm excited to kind of see him because I did a lot of draft studying on him, but I'm also not, so we'll, we'll see.
0: I think that gets to a better point, Chris. Of like, we're allowed to be excited to see how some of these players play that we've had maybe interest in the draft, or obviously Joe Flacco being our quarterback for a decade. We are allowed to be interested and in rooting for these th- these things almost, and I that that's why I said a competent win. Like I'm okay if the Jets do some good things. I'm okay if they have. Like they make our team like not look totally dominant. I think that's acceptable and fine. And I think it's acceptable and fine for the Ravens to have that expectation too of like, this might not be the most like, I mean, it's the first game in the season. So like, you know, like there'll be some growing pains if they're not, if the defense isn't like flying off the page and you're like, Mike McDonald's a failure, like, come on, (laughs) calm down. (laughs) You know, that's kind of what I'm getting at. Like this, this is all going to be very new and very fresh for this team. and, And for both sides and week ones, chaos right? Uh, you know, when we talk about the betting lines, if you look at it, like it's, there's always a lot of chaos on week one because the, no one knows, like it'll get clean, clear in a couple of weeks, but like this is this first week of the season. This is very interesting.
1: It is. Yeah. Although I will take a slightly different take that you took. I, I understand the, the intrigue with a lot of these guys on on the jets for, you know, just a general fandom perspective, but man, I don't want the jets to do anything in week one. I want them to just fail at everything and just be so ticked off that they just go out the next three weeks and just are just like wild Vikings against the Browns, Bengals, and Steelers and just go on a three-game win streak, man. that's I think that's the best timeline. Uh, we can do all our rooting. We get to do all our rooting for the Jets in weeks two through four. We don't need to do any, any you know, rooting, you know, soft golf clap for them if they score a touchdown, you know? <laughs> Not like, saying that's the take you have to do by, but that's the way I see it. I like it, Peter. That's acceptable. That's I appreciate
2: fun. the honesty. Got to keep us. Got to keep us grounded, Peter. <laughs> <laughs>
1: That's right. We're all we're all patting the Jets on the head and giving them cookies until you know it's halftime and they're up seventeen to six. <laughs> Anyways, <That's so> <laughs> <laughs> I
0: appreciate you all.
2: Well, the good news is, is I think we're going to be scoring a little bit more than six points because we have a guy named Mark Andrews on our team, which brings me to the next matchup that I'd like to talk about. You know, it would be easy to just say Ravens wide receivers versus the Jets secondary, but I, I'm not interested in that so much. I'm interested in how the Ravens tight ends match up against linebackers and secondary for the Jets. I think it was a weakness for this team last year. The Jets had trouble covering tight ends. And you know I'm with <laughs> a guy like Mark Andrews had a fantastic season last year. I think he's gonna feast uh, with another guy Isaiah likely who's you know looking as much as the, you know the off season I did not imagine this. he is looking to be a significant weapon in this offense right now. Um, you know we'll see how much he can contribute week one, but I mean hell I think between both those guys, I think that's gonna cause a lot of fits for the Jets defense. I- I'll say you know a lot of fans, you know I thought, did not think that cj mosley was that good in pass coverage i kind of disagree when he was here in baltimore i thought he was above average and he was overall like one of the best you know middle linebackers that the ravens have had he was pretty good he wasn't great you know he wasn't like the best of all time he wasn't the goat but he was pretty dang good that being said you know he's been out of football i think he um opted out of the covid year uh or he actually sorry he got hurt in 20 19 then opted out the COVID year he did play last year um so you know he's he's played a little bit of football kind of uh is able to come back healthy but that being said it's been a long time since he's been a, a raven he's a little bit older now i don't know what he's going to bring in terms of being coverage ability uh, for a guy like mark andrews is he going to be the guy who's primarily assigned to cover him are they going to put some sort of safety on andrews are they going to double him I don't know, but they better have an answer for him because I think he is definitely going to be the mismatch that the Ravens are looking to exploit. Um, as far as guys on the outside, I mean, you know, Rashad, you know, Bateman, we're excited for, but he's been going against Sauce Gardner or, you know, one of the other Jets cornerbacks. I think that matchup might be a little bit more unfavorable. But Mark Andrews, all day, every day, I think at the very least, like he's going to get us more than six points by halftime.
0: Yeah, CJ Mosley is another interesting you know, piece of this. Uh, sat out the covid year so now he, he had like kind of that year off and is back kind of his, you know second season now i guess with the jets they did the restructure of his contract like yeah i'm i think that's a really good point chris of like what what cj mosley are we going to see and how is he going to be able to line up uh against uh the isaiah Likely's and mark andrews of the world
1: it's an interesting matchup it'll also be interesting to see what the ravens uh what the plan is when lamar's back to pass uh you know Again, this is going to be the first time he's going to be seeing game action since that game in Cleveland last year. Um, you know, in grand scheme of things, he didn't miss that much time, but still, he didn't play in the preseason. Um, that's a million-dollar question right now, the debate going on, is how much time should starters play in the preseason? Should they play at all? Uh, you saw that the Chiefs felt that Patrick Mahomes needed to go out there and torch second-string defenses, I, I guess, to get some rapport with, with the new receivers. I I don't know, but a lot of teams, you know, they they weren't playing their starters at all, especially the quarterbacks. Is there going to be any any timing issues there getting back up to game speed? I would think not, but again, it, it's it's still something to keep an eye on. And we did see in, in the with tra- <laughs> the training camp practice that was open up to to public, Lamar targeting Andrews a lot. And considering this will be Lamar's first game back from the injury and he hasn't played terribly much with Bateman or the rest of these guys I could see him wanting to go to Andrews a lot so I I fully agree I think that he it projects that that's going to be what it it is but if we're thinking that I'm imagining the Jets are going to think that as well so it'll be interesting to see what their scheme will be will they put too much protection on him and force us to have to go to the, some of the other guys or or you know we will we'll be enough that he'll be open because you know he, Mark Andrews end of the second half of last year uh, he reached another level where he was able to more consistently you know beat those double coverages um, and win those contested balls. I think a, a great play last year that really showed some growth in in his game was that um, that touchdown pass. I he might have had two touchdown catches in the game against Cincinnati. I'm not remembering, but the one where he where he was taking the shallow. Uh, slant from the right to left, and and the way he drew that that linebacker, and to get himself open there in the corner of the end zone, that was a play that you know the the best players in the league make that play, and that's where he is. And I know we're talking a lot about who's a wide receiver one for the for the Ravens. Maybe it's Bateman, but right now it's Mark Andrews. So I think we should expect that he'll be the one drawing the most targets. But I do hope that the Ravens do give Bateman a chance against Gardner because you know, that's going to be a matchup of two great players. Two players are going to be great in this league and you know, let's, let's give Bateman a shot. Let's see what he can do against this guy. See if he can win contested catches against him. You know, we'll we'll see what they want to do, but I would love to see Bateman get in some strong work against Gardner. I think that would set him up really well uh, for the rest of the season to get started out and and win some tough grabs uh, against uh, a top prospect in this league. Another thing you look at with the Ravens in this game, um, if we want to talk about the offense going against this defense is just running backs. (laughs) Who's it going to be? How are the carries going to be distributed? I don't think we can really say, you know, we're questioning is Dobbins even going to play? If he does play, how many snaps are they going to give him? You got Mike Davis back there. He was getting first team reps in the preseason. So, you would think that he's in their plans. Uh, they signed Kenyon Drake. Tyler Beatty yeah. uh, was re- signed to the team after he was initially cut. Uh, Justice Hill is on the team I believe. maybe mm-hmm.
0: practice squad
1: mm-hmm.
2: yep.
0: The testosterone is flowing dude. they got so many running backs. they went and got Kenyon Drake since the last time we recorded. You know, he oh, yeah. was a darling for everybody in Arizona and went over to the Rams didn't do too much. And now he's here. Does he have juice? I don't know. I mean, he, every highlight I've seen of the man, it was a pass catching, which is like, I guess cool and all, but Lamar doesn't check down to the running back often. So maybe that's part of the new 20% of the vault that's getting released, you know, from Roman's offense. <laughs> but like, I don't know. How does it all work? I, I have no idea, man. Like <laughs> you bring up a very good point. And that's the other thing too. That's kind of weird. Um, we can say this about the whole team and how they're kind of recu- recovering from these injuries, getting online. Us seeing the full game plan of what this team's going to look like or what they want it to look like by season's end, like, cannot and will not happen week one. Like, it just can't because everything's not there yet. So, uh, we'll see how the Ravens are able to adjust and what they're able to introduce. But, kind of go off your earlier point of you know, seeing Bateman thrive against Sauce. So, yeah, of course. That sounds fantastic. And we'll need that because then. There's so many good uh, corners that he's going to go against during this year. He's going to be seeing the number one coverage. Um, and, yeah, we this is a great first test for him. And similarly with the running game, you know, if the athletic defensive line that we talked about going to be able to stop the run uh, that the Ravens are trying to do. And will they have the, the juice? Like, I think the biggest thing that was missing last year was the threat of the outside edge with Lamar and also just the overall ba- um, blocking. I think we're going to have two improvements there uh, week one compared to last year. And uh, even if even if you assume Dobbins is not online, I have more confidence in the running backs they do have this year having the juice to show that. I mean, Justice Hill was showing athleticism during the preseason. And yeah, I mean, it it is interesting. And I think uh, week one will mean nothing about week two and three. Like, that's the funny part is like we can't predict week one. And I honestly don't think that week one will give us much more of a uh, lens in the week two. Like I think it's going to be a flowing situation as health improves or worsens. <laughs> you know, somebody else gets nicked up, right? Like it's, it's, it's going to be hard to predict this for a while.
2: That's an interesting point. Alec. yeah, I, I wasn't thinking about that, but now that you mentioned it, I, you know, I think that's a good element of the running game that I'd kind of like to see is, you know, who the Ravens are decide to kind of, um, once we be able to stretch that outside edge, um, like i said earlier i mean the the jets are bringing back lawson and they have in uh, jermaine johnson uh, both those guys can set the edge um, but i i think if you are the ravens test that are they able to do that um, because i think that's one way to kind of tire out a very athletic defensive line is make them run laterally make them run a lot um, be able to like stretch the outside a little bit and see how well you know can they set the edge um, i think you know the ravens have enough players you know, even outside of Dobbins, I think they could probably could do it. Um, but, uh, it, it might not be a bad idea to kind of try that out, uh, this first week, uh, considering, you know, it's just, uh, who's available and, you know, Lamar can do it if, it, you know, if we need to, um, if we need to have Mike Davis or, you know, anybody else kind of handle the inside runs, Lamar takes the outside, like that's an option. Uh, those are, are things that can help, uh, for sure in this matchup. But I don't know. I mean, I feel like all signs with Dobbins, though. I I, I would. I feel like I would be surprised. Like I I think he he would be on snap count, but I would be surprised if that it's like a if it's like primarily like the Mike Davis like Justice Hill show. Like I I feel like maybe Dobbins is closer out of all the other players, and that it wouldn't be that much of a surprise for me if he had like I don't know forty percent of the snaps or something.
0: I buy that. That's odd. Yeah. I think this is one to be the most excited I've been for a game book in a while to see the final snap counts and like look at everyone's, uh, averages. I always like looking at the game book. It's always an interesting lens of the game, but, uh, this, this is particularly interesting. And also like with formations, right? Like we haven't even talked about really, like how are they going to deploy likely? How are they going to use Boyle? Like all these tight ends, like is Josh Oliver going to be activated and on the field? <laughs> like <laughs> another shocker of our 53 man f- predictions of like, This man is here. Like, (laughs) there's a lot of uh, interesting questions about you know personnel deployment. So we'll see a little bit of it week one, obviously, and and kind of go from there. I do think though, it's time for the segment we've all been waiting for.
1: Can we get some bold predictions? I'll go first because I I, this one popped into my head earliest morning. I, I like it. I think you know again we talked about how Flacco, if he gets pressured, he can throw it sometimes into the flat or even you know sometimes he's in a groove and those those outs the ball be a little behind a little late and i i think that that will be dangerous territory for him to throw into based on what we saw out of pepe williams in the arizona game if they want to deploy him like they did there i could see him getting his his first nfl interception in week one that's the bold prediction that i'm going to make
2: i'll go next yeah I, i kind of like that one peter um i actually i had a very similar one I figure I'll, I'll go with this. I think the Ravens are going to come away with at least two interceptions. I, I like Marcus Williams to get one. Um, and as far as the second one, for sake of this, I'm not going to say Pepe, but I'll say Marcus Williams and I'll say uh, Kyle Hamilton get their first interception this season.
0: <laughs>
1: interception fest. <laughs> <laughs> well, like we said, they did finish you know second worst in the league last year. <laughs> Here's
0: my bold prediction that's going to either... Like could be wrong before the game even starts. I think JK Dobbins plays and he pops off a fifty plus yard run. And I and I think he throws the middle finger at Ian Rappaport. <laughs> Obviously I'm trying to basically manifest this, but that's that's my that's my guess. Is no matter what, he's gonna he's gonna show that explosion in the first game. I feel like I'm setting myself for failure by saying that 50-yard run, but I think I think he's just gonna get past them like i just i see it if he plays i think the first game he plays he's gonna be so amped up to prove something because that's just like the character that he is that if there's even a semblance of a hole or or something he will will it into happening so he was also like deprived of that his rookie season he just didn't have that long getaway run until like the very last game right of the regular Mm -hmm. season and and we were all like when is he gonna have that monster like he had explosive runs but he just didn't have that monster run i think he's gonna come out from this injury with a vengeance i'll be really ticked off if like he does it from like, the F- r40 and like runs it in it's only a 40 yard <laughs> run he, he, he clearly could have gotten like another 80 you know <laughs> <If> he was all the in the back i'll be so mad if <laughs> i should change it to like has a a, a run like a clear like def- the whole defense is behind him run oh man breakaway run
1: i don't know it is none, of, none of us are going out with the bold prediction that Ronnie Stanley suits up. Absolutely not. That's too bold for me.
0: <laughs> I think I think that is too bold. However, I will say that if this was not week one, but for some reason, like postseason game one, he'd be out there. This is a totally... Uh, they're playing the long game after what happened last time, but I think if it was like a more important game, so to speak, he'd be out there. That's my hunch. I... My my thought is that the man has been practicing behind closed doors for a lot longer than they've been letting on because there's no reason to show him to the media. Like, that was just to quiet down the fans, right? Like, who cares? Sure. Obviously, that's like <laughs> that is reps of practice time that he'd be missing. If you don't do that, that is, like, you know, the overall practice time. But, like, there's plenty of practice the media doesn't see, and there has been for weeks. So, I don't know. Wouldn't be shocked if he was practicing for a while. <laughs> I'm pretty sure part of rehab is practice. Maybe I'm crazy. So let's get into the score predictions. I can start if that's, if that's cool with everybody. Yeah,
1: let's, let's go it for it. Around. Around.
0: This is, uh, this is my, my score prediction, kind of going back with the conservative uh, game plan and a little bit of, of Jets' uh, success. I'm going to say the Jets are able to put on a respectable performance, putting up 13 points, and we're going to put up 24 Oh, that means they cover the spread six point five for the Ravens. Although I think the sharp bets to say the Ravens don't cover. <laughs> Teaser for the actual <laughs> episode: my score prediction and what I like think might
1: actually be the smart bet are different things. I think you kind of hinted that already with saying you know the conservative uh, probably going to be a conservative game. I'm going to take a slight uh, of a similar uh, route and go with a score that will infuriate the betters but we're gonna say Ravens 23 to 17 oh yeah
0: (laughs) and it's like a a garbage like touchdown at the end or something (laughs) for the Jets yeah (laughs) like 23 to 10 and then they like get a garbage time touchdown or something yeah
2: all right um oh what the heck I'm just gonna throw this out there this I mean it's kind of a bold prediction but what the heck week one new season new possibilities uh I'm gonna say Ravens uh 22 18 and why is it 22? You ask. Well, they score a last minute touchdown. They decide to go for two and they get it 22 18. That would really shut everybody up from last year. Why do you go for two? It doesn't, oh, never works. Never works.
0: So they're going to kick like, what, how, I'm curious how this works. So they kick like uh, six field goals to get the 18? How, how do they, how the Jets gain 18?
2: That's a good question. Um, <laughs> you said it right there. Or they, yeah, miss they an got Legatron like now.
0: They miss an extra point attempt.
2: Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, that could happen.
0: Yeah, Anything could happen. happen. They, they were example. really reading up on the analytics, and they decided they are going to go for two every time.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Kickers are canceled.
0: <laughs>
2: I didn't think that would be the most interesting part of the score prediction. <laughs> so, but, yeah, but yeah well, no, hey, I, I, mean, I that's what could the, be.
0: Yeah. Isn't that what the Ravens did against the uh, Chiefs the last year? They were like, we're going to have to keep up with them. We're going for two the first time. Like, it is what it is. Maybe the Jets are like, sure. the Ravens are pretty darn good. Maybe we should try to get points when we can.
1: Also, another <laughs> thing the Ravens did, six field goals against Detroit 2013, <laughs> yeah. including Justin Tucker's, uh, at that time, record breaker. Yeah. Right, right, right. <laughs> For right. indoor game, at least, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. That's another way you that's that. how can get to 18.
2: Six field goals. The math adds up. Oh man, Peter! I think I just gave you an idea for another five-minute video for that new segment you're launching. I, I
1: I do, I do have a Justin Tucker one in the works. If I'll just say, there's a way I could see the topic I would want to do with Justin Tucker could work if certain events happen this season. So that's a possibility for an episode, including
2: my score projection, which means I'd be one and zero for the season, (laughs) and you get a new pod topic. It'd be exactly. Awesome.
0: Well, that was a lot of fun. Great to get back in the swing of things for our bold predictions, our preview show. I think the Jets are obviously an improving team and I'm excited to see how the Ravens are able to handle them and what the game plan is going into week one. We'll have some analysis for you of how this game goes next week and have our next preview episode of the home opener against Miami. Uh, But in the meantime, like you said, go ahead and subscribe to that YouTube channel check out the history lesson that Peter's going to give you each Friday and uh, check out our bets Maybe uh, it'll help you create your bets. Oh, breaking news, by the way. I saw a tweet today from uh, Larry Hogan, if you live in Maryland, that apparently things are actually happening with online betting. And, like, it is conceivable by the end of the year that we will actually have this product, finally. Uh, so you will be able to place your bets at not make a you know, uh, and, and from the toilet, that is, is nature intended. So go ahead and uh, get excited about bets and the Raven season, and we'll see you next week.